online at 960thebull.com. Your home for CBS Sports Radio, WRNS Kinston, Sports Talk 960 The Bull. CBS Sports Radio. Welcome to Hour 2 of the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenora Community College. I am Brian Hanks. He is Jason Bryant. I am. There you go. Today is Monday, March the 6th, and the year of our Lord 2023. This is hour two of episode 815 of, is it too loud over there for you? No, I'm fine. Okay, it's cool, perfect. Cool. That's where Jonathan sits, you yeah. know, and, and oh, yeah. I looked down. I actually had it turned down. I was ready this time, I think, but I, I don't know, man. I, I'm a little caffeinated this morning. Dude. Did I tell you? It's kind of Shane obvious. <laughs> Shane, I like that. Ooh, that sounded like obvious. Yeah, obvious. obvious. I like, dude. Hey, Linda. Hey. Hey, baby. Can you believe that good looking woman's with me? No. No, I know. Me either. It's one of the, it's one of the world's greatest <laughs> mysteries. It really is. It really is. But, uh, dude, I was up at 440 this morning, dude. Went to the, I was at the, Kinston Community Center when it opened at 5 a.m., dude, and did a half mile on the treadmill, took 50, uh, took 40 free throws, and uh, came you, back man. here. Yeah, I'm, well, it's the first day. Hey, I'm sorry, it's buddy. easy on the first day, you know. Sorry, maybe I'll get to that point at some some time, but I just I don't, don't know, have dude. Let's see. Uh, two kids and a wonderful wife, and uh, dude, you're a little busy, dude. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, sales executive to the yeah. stars. I mean, you know, you got a lot of on. stuff going on, dude. Do you know um, I got some hate mail from being on your show last time? What? Yeah, from they, Greg Clemens? No, no oh. it wasn't from Greg. People were telling me that my name was Jason Brashman Bryant because I used Brash like three or four times. <laughs> I was like, get out of here. I don't even remember that, dude. I mean, I remember I, your last appearance, I, but I don't remember you using the word Brash. I did. I don't even remember what we were talking about, but... <laughs> anyway. Dude, that's awesome, man. So Listen. That, that'll be the only reference to that word today there you go well if you missed the first hour of today's show by god you missed a really good first hour because we had paul whittington on the spence automotive guest line with us jason bryant and then turn around look it's out that window creepy, it was i'm talking and all of a sudden he's waving at me outside my window dude it was i wouldn't say it's it was kinda, creepy. it's kind of too ironic that he's uh he's done that um he looked like a professional we might have to look into peeping paul Ooh. Yeah, you know, I do work for the sheriff's office now, right? Because he, he snuck up on you pretty Yes, good. he did sneak up on me. Well, I knew he was driving, but I had no idea that he was driving to come here to 16, or to, ooh, to come to uh, Whitehall Drive. About gave away the address there, uh, Jason Bryant. Oof. <laughs> yeah, let's not do that. Hey, let's thank a couple of sponsors here uh, before we uh, jump into this second hour with both feet. Uh, thank you to Lenore Community College. For almost 65 years, LCC has helped men and women in our area tangibly improve their lives. LCC's mission is to meet the personal, cultural, and professional educational needs of its students through affordable, accessible, and innovative educational programs. LCC has its main campus right here in Kenson at 231 Highway 58 South, but it also has satellite campuses in Greene County and Jones County. Call LCC at 252-527-6223. Visit their website at lenorecc.edu or visit one of the beautiful campuses in Kenston, Snow Hill, or Trenton to find out how you can change your life today. And uh, are you playing in this in the, the LCC Foundation Golf Classic? Yes, we're a media sponsor. That's what I thought. You play in it every year. Yeah. Dude, uh, hey, dude, 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 check it out. WRNS. But look what's right there below it. That's awesome, man. The Brian Hanks Show. Yeah, we are a sponsor again this year of it, too. But uh, 
I, I would ask to play with you, but, uh, dude, I shoot about a 130, <laughs> and uh, you don't want me on your team. But if you would like to be uh, a part of uh, the El- Lenore Community College Foundation Golf Classic, it's May the 18th. Uh, go to lenorecc.edu backslash Kenston Golf. You can be a part of that. And uh, we're going to have uh, David Glenn here with us uh, in just moments uh, joining us. When we get through talking to him, you're going to tell us about uh, your pet project, which is uh, – pet project makes it sound – like I'm minimalizing it. I mean, it has been your baby. It's been your child for the past few years. It it's is. a St. Jude classic. It's very cool, man. Saturday at Cutter Creek, we got a full field of 56 two-man teams. So that's, wow. a, how many did we have? What's that, 112 golfers? Dude, you're talking the wrong. Yeah, I think so. 112. Hey, I'm going to shake my head yes. How's that? 112 <laughs> participants. Um, we have 34 sponsors. Um, title sponsored by Solid Rock Carriers of LaGrange, which is Kurt Ipock. His um, grandson, I hope I got it right, I believe his grandson, we'll say grandchild, um, is a cancer survivor. He's a huge believer in St. Jude, so he supports the uh, the event, um, and it's just great, man. We're going to have fun. We're going to write a check to St. Jude when we get done. You love doing that, don't I you? I do, man. It's it's just cool because that, as a parent, I mean, or even not as a parent, no, nobody wants to see a child suffer with anything and, and cancer such a big deal. But as a parent, it really hits me hard because of my children and just picturing that scenario is something I don't want. So I, I give without reservation and try to raise as much money for them as possible. And on the FM side with WRNS, we're doing our radiothon Thursday and Friday and we raise money for them too. We partner with them all wow. year long and you'll hear St. Jude's commercials on our thing. And St. Jude is a worldwide organization organization yep. in uh out of uh memphis and they share their research all over the world so it is a great thing it is and i, I love that you do this every year and like i said it that is your baby and it's something that you really look forward to every year but we'll talk more about that but i gotta tell you okay i i'm gonna do my best this morning jason so you gotta rein me in okay but i you know the acc tournament uh, begins tomorrow in greensboro uh the brian hank show will be there uh wednesday through the end of the week but the man that'll be there all week long and just uh, like, dude, you got to rein me in, Jason. I'm trying not to be a fanboy as I have in his previous appearances, okay? Because I'm such a huge fan of him as you are too. But the great David Glenn joining us this morning uh, here on the uh, threshold of the 2023 uh, ACC tournament that's going to be taking place in Greensboro. Good morning, DG. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining us this morning on the show, sir. Hey, good morning, Brian. It's fun to be with you and Jason again, and it's the perfect time of year because on the whole sports calendar, I think March Madness is my favorite time of year, and you're right. I am headed to Greensboro, the rightful home of the ACC tournament <laughs> after it's been uh, you know, bouncing around the East Coast quite a bit these last couple decades. It really has. Okay, I'm with you. And so, having somebody that grew up in northwestern North Carolina, I grew up in Wilkes County and you know, of course, the ACC tournament. I, I'm 54 years old, DG, and I you, you don't even have to guess uh, how special the ACC tournament is to me. Jason's about a decade younger than I am. He is the same way. I know you are, too. Greensboro should be the home of the ACC tournament, and I don't mind them moving around every once in a while. Maybe to Charlotte, maybe to Atlanta here and there, but outside of Greensboro, where has been your favorite place that the ACC tournament has been, David? Uh, I do like Charlotte, too. I mean, maybe that makes me a state of North Carolina homer. Um, 
you know, selfishly, those are two cities that I like where I know a lot of people and have a lot of friends. So even though as a member of the media, you do have some pretty long days covering the ACC tournament, at least in my previous job descriptions, where you might be working literally, you know, 14 straight hours on those days that have four games. Um, so for personal reasons, I like when it's close to my home here in Raleigh. I, like you, have not minded some rotation, right? I mean, for those who remember the 50s, 60s, and 70s, this ACC tournament rarely left the North Carolina soil. Now, since the league has grown from eight or nine teams to 12 and now 15 teams, obviously those out-of-state schools usually vote to see some more rotation, and that's why we've had a lot more rotation. So, for example, when I was in Brooklyn, I didn't go last year, but I think it was 2018. Uh, I liked I liked seeing the tournament in Brooklyn. That's where my wife is from. I got to see my in-laws. I have some friends up there as well. So I'm glad when it's here in North Carolina, but it's just kind of the, the nature of the universe. When you go, remember, it used to be four of the ACC members were state of North Carolina schools. So when the member schools vote on where it is, that's a pretty big <laughs> voting block. Uh, when you're only four out of 15, you don't, you don't carry as much power. And, of course, we're going to get this, this rotation. But um, Greensboro, I was there in 2020 when COVID killed the tournament right in the middle of the tournament. So this, is, this year's event is actually the rescheduled kind of the we owe you one Greensboro tournament. Um, after that just chaotic scene of three years ago. Okay. I ask you where your favorites are outside of Greensboro. Where, what has been your least favorite in all the years that, uh, that you've, you know, that you've, and you've covered the ACC so long, there's gotta be a place that you've been like, Oh my God, I hope they never go back there again. Well, it's funny because, uh, there's only one trip outside of the, let's say, uh, New York down through Atlanta. It's been in Atlanta several times. It's, it's, there's only one example of it being outside that sort of geographic stretch, if you want to call it that, and it was Tampa, Florida. Oddly enough, half the Glenn family, the part of the Glenn family that doesn't live in Philadelphia area where I grew up, is in the Tampa, Florida area. Wow. So I had I had kind of a personal excitement, and it was just something different. This was way back in 2007. But I, I remember writing an article there. And after 35 years, there are only so many articles I remember writing where I remember most of the details. And I just decided to have fun with the idea that we were in this clearly uh, non-traditional ACC market. I mean, you know, at least Atlanta is the home of Georgia Tech, right? Or back in the day when you went to Landover, Maryland or Washington, D.C., back then Maryland was a member of the conference, the University of Maryland. So there was at least some... Um, just local knowledge, if you want to call it that. Tampa is actually not all that close to Tallahassee, Florida, where Florida State is, and it's not at all close to Miami, where another uh, more recent addition, the Miami Hurricanes, uh, reside. So one thing I remember doing was asking cab drivers, this is pre-Uber and Lyft and all the rest, asking waiters and waitresses, hosts and hostesses, you know, bartenders and, and, you know, the person, the clerk at the hotel, just asking them all, hey, what's going on in Tampa this week? And, and just playing dumb and seeing what they said. And I had done this in places like Greensboro, where seriously, 75% of people will say, oh, wow, we're hosting the ACC tournament. 
you know, they know what's going on. They know what the ACC is. They might even be a fan of one or more of the schools. In Tampa, I'm not kidding, it wasn't 75% saying, oh, we're hosting the ACC tournament. It was maybe 10% wow. who knew that this crown jewel of the ACC was actually taking place right there in their backyard. Uh, now, Tampa is a pretty big city, and you know they mentioned concerts and festivals and other, other things that were going on. But nine out of ten people I encountered had no idea that it was even happening. And I believe that was the tournament, guys. You've probably read about how there was no public sale of tickets from 1967 through the late, uh, the, the, the latter part of the first decade, so 2007, 2008, et cetera. I remember being able to walk up to the box office in Tampa in 2007, and I was just kind of doing some detective work. Can I buy tickets right here, right now? And the answer was yes. So that's a public sale of tickets in my eyes. And that ended 40 consecutive years where the only way to get tickets to the ACC tournament was through one of the schools, usually as a high-profile big-dollar booster, because you know that got you high enough in the pecking order to earn the right to buy these tickets. So a 40-year tradition, I think the ACC says that it ended a little bit later than 07, but I was there. I asked the question, can I, as a member of the public, buy this ticket in 2007 in Tampa, Florida? The answer was yes. So in my eyes, that was where a 40-year amazing streak, an event so popular (laughs) that there was no such thing as a public sale of tickets, that's where it finally came to an end. Wow. So let's dive right into it. <clears throat> How crazy is this week going to be? Because as a Duke fan, I'm super excited. I hope I don't get let down this week. <laughs> but I'm just – I'm back energized about basketball and I'm ready for this tournament because I really feel like there's five or six teams that could get hot and win the whole thing. I agree with you. I'd say most tournaments I've attended, Jason, I knew in the back of my mind there were only two – three, four teams that could win. And I agree with your implication that there are more possibilities this year. Part of it, and by the way, quick stat, this is the 70th year of the ACC. Uh, So this is the 70th tournament, but one that one from COVID was not finished. So uh, the bottom line is that 90% of all ACC tournaments are won by top four seeds. And, of course, this year's top four are Miami, Virginia, Clemson, and Duke in that order. So, you know, odds are one of those top four seeds will win again this year. But the reason that I would feel good about Duke is that the Blue Devils have been trending upward. You know, there are only two ACC teams that are built around freshmen. One is Syracuse, which has had a roller coaster kind of year. And one is Duke, where, you know, they have Jeremy Roach, a good veteran guard. But after that, man, it's a lot of freshmen that they're leaning on. And freshmen tend to be a lot better in February and March than they are in November and December. They're, they're new to college basketball. It takes most of them a while to get adjusted. And whereas Kyle Filipowski, who I expect to be announced soon as the ACC's freshman of the year, uh, Kyle Filipowski was one of those prep All-Americans who was ready ready to be a star in college basketball from day one. Remember when Duke won the national title? It didn't take long for Jalil Okafor <laughs> and Tyus Jones 
and Justice Winslow to adjust to college basketball. Winslow took a little longer than the other two, but that fre- that team leaning heavily on Quinn Cook as the veteran, but also those three prominent freshmen, you know, they end up winning the national championship. Now, I don't think this Duke team has that kind of a ceiling, but with Derek Lively playing better, with Mark Mitchell playing better, Derek Whitehead at times, Tyrese Proctor, you know, four of their five or six best players are, are true freshmen. And John Shire has been patient through their long and sometimes awkward or painful growth curve. Um, but they're better now. They're just better versions of themselves, as they showed with their win in Chapel Hill over the weekend. Uh, I do think Miami's the best team, so it could be a number one winning it all. Uh, but Duke is, is on the short list. And I'll tell you, the cra- one crazy part of this event, Virginia Tech is an 11 seed. So they're actually playing Tuesday of this week as one of the lower-ranked teams. That is a good basketball team. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think, you know, Louisville or Notre Dame or Georgia Tech or Florida State, I don't think they have anything. But most of the rest, you know, Wake Forest is only a nine seed. The Deeks are a dangerous team. Um, State is only a six seed. The Wolfpack is a dangerous team. Carolina is only a seven seed. The Tar Heels, despite their many warts, are a dangerous team. That's, that, that in their case, you know, they're playing for their postseason lives. Um, it's a weird year in that, there are only three teams that are 100% certain they're in the NCAA tournament. Obviously, Miami is in, Duke is in, and Virginia is in. Um, now, State and Pitt think they're in, so that might be five that feel good. Um, of State or Pitt is 100% certain about being an at-large bid, so they, they have an incentive to win in Greensboro. And teams like Tar, the Tar Heels and Clemson are on the wrong side of the bubble in most people's eyes. Uh, and need to make a statement in Greensboro. So you had all those dynamics together, man. I didn't even mention Pitt. That's a five seed that came within one game of shocking the world and you know tying for first place in the ACC. I expect Jeff Capel to be named the ACC Coach of the Year this week. We'll see how that turns out. But I, I, I'm totally in tune with your vibe about this being a less predictable ACC tournament than most of the 30-plus that I have attended over the years. I'm going to ask the tough question, because, and then I'll tell you my opinion later if you care to hear it. Yeah. But <laughs> seriously, two, two or three weeks ago, the way State was playing with their big man, you know, how the, their guard play was incredible, I would have argued that they were one of the best teams in the ACC. The, Agree. The hard question is, has State underachieved this year? Hmm. I wouldn't go that far, um, and, and the story isn't fully written yet. To me, if they make the NCAA tournament, it, it would be hard to say they underachieved. Remember, they were a train wreck last year. Uh, that was just an abysmal season for the Wolfpack one year ago. So Kevin Keats, I think, handled the transfer portal about as well as anybody. To me, Jarkel Joyner is a first-team All-ACC player. No doubt. Uh, the, the transfer from Ole Miss. I know Turquavion Smith gets a lot of publicity, and deservedly so. He's probably going to be a first-round NBA draft pick. Uh, Turquavion needs to find his shot again, find his game again, because he's been part of the Wolfpack slide here in recent weeks, despite his great talent. But Jarkel Joyner has been absolutely brilliant. DJ Burns, the guy you mentioned as the post player, charismatic guy, positive energy guy, 
obviously a productive guy as a basketball player. Uh, he's another transfer, obviously. And Jack Clark, you know, you could go on and on. The, the, the Wolfpack tapped into the transfer portal basically to try to save Kevin Keats's job. This is year six for Kevin Keats, and he hasn't made the NCAA tournament since his first year in Raleigh. That's a long drought for a program that likes to think of itself as a two-time national champion. So um, I agree with your assessment. You know, the Wolfpack was trending toward being one of the most dangerous teams in the ACC tournament, but watching them these last couple of weeks, the, the pieces just haven't fit together as well. And when Clemson just embarrassed the Wolfpack a week or so ago, that was a little bit of a red flag. I mean, there's time to get yourself together. Um, I, I talked to a Wolfpack fan last night, seriously, and this was in his words. He wouldn't be surprised if either the Pack lost to Virginia Tech in, in, in the second round Wednesday game, assuming the Hokies beat Notre Dame, which I think they will, uh, or the Wolfpack you know, playing for the ACC title on Saturday night. Neither extreme would surprise him. That's as a lifelong Wolfpack fan. And I said, this, this year, man, you're probably right. I think you're absolutely right. That voice you're listening to here on the Brian Hanks show this morning, the great David Glenn joining us here uh, on 960 The Bull, 960thebull.com. And, uh, man, I, so many questions. I'd love to pick your brain for, if you don't mind sharing it with us, I know that you've had to turn in your ballot for uh, for all the honors. You were mentioning about Filipowski. You anticipate him being named the rookie of the year. You anticipate uh, Coach Capel from Pitt being the uh, coach here. If you don't mind, do you mind sharing your ballot with us, how you voted this year, David? Yeah, I don't. Um, and I usually make it public. I have a column these days at chapelboro.com. That's chapel and then B-O-R-O.com. Folks can Google uh, holding court with David Glenn. Kind of a cute, catchy little nickname there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I went with Jeff Capel. You know, he had never had a winning season in his, his time at Pitt. And he, you know, he's uh, tied for third in the Atlantic Coast Conference with uh, – you know, a bunch of transfers that he had to sort of microwave into a really competitive basketball team after they had done nothing but lose his first four years there. So I think Jeff, I think he'll win. He was certainly my winner. Filipowski to me was an easy freshman of the year. The only other close guy, uh, Syracuse's point guard, Judah Mintz is a really good player, but, um, not only, and Jason might love to hear this, but not only is Filipowski on my all freshman team, Mark Mitchell's on my all-freshman team. Derek Lively's on my all-freshman team. And Tyrese Proctor's on my all-freshman team. So I'm sure the Duke haters are going to tell me I'm nuts or whatever. Um, But four of my five guys, I I place a lot of value on. You have to play a lot to be one of the top freshmen, right? You can't just get tiny minutes or you can't be some, you know, uh, high numbers but low efficiency guy. There's a couple of them in the freshman class. I, I look for contributions to winning. And somebody like Derek Lively doesn't have huge point totals, but does he impact games in his 20 or so minutes per game on the floor? Heck yeah, he does. Uh, anyway, Filipowski's my freshman of the year. I really, really had a hard time with player of the year. And I'm, I have no beef with anybody who sees it differently. Um, but I'll tell you, my first team All-ACC was Jarkel Joyner of State, Hunter Tyson of Clemson, Armando Baycott of Carolina, Tyree Appleby of Wake Forest, and Isaiah Wong of Miami. Um, so I dropped Filipowski and, and Turquavion Smith and others uh, to the second team All-ACC. When it came time for uh, Player of the Year, I, I have a hard time 
making the player of the year, somebody who's going to end up playing in the NIT instead of the NCAA tournament. Um, I know it's, it's a personal award, but team success always matters. And I thought Isaiah Wong of Miami was both the Hurricanes' offensive catalyst and one of their defensive catalysts. And this is a guy who's, you know, 80-plus percent from the line, almost 40% from three-point land, you know, two-to-one assist ratio, one of the leading steals guys in the league, top 10 scoring. He actually gets to the free-throw line way more than most guards do, and then he hits all those free-throws. He's a good rebounder for a guard. He was great in most of the Hurricanes' biggest wins. And, of course, you know, the Canes not only tied for first place in the ACC, they're the number one seed in Greensboro, and they might be, you know, the highest seeded team from the ACC once the NCAA selection committee announces its field uh, at the end of this week. But he was great against uh, State in, in, in a Canes win, great against Virginia, great against Wake Forest, great on the road as the Canes beat the Heels in Chapel Hill, beat Clemson at Clemson, beat Virginia Tech in Blacksburg, beat Florida State in Tallahassee. Uh, they beat Rutgers in Providence out of conference. ACC didn't have that many great out-of-conference wins this year, and that's why the league's reputation is down a little bit. But Miami got some of those wins, and Isaiah Wong was a big part of a couple of those. So uh, it's splitting hairs to me, and, and a lot depends on how much weight you place on team versus individual productivity. Um, all respect. Tyree Appleby is the first player in the history of the ACC to lead it in both school points per game and assists per game. Nobody's ever done that in 70 years. So that would justify a vote for Appleby. And Armando Baycott, you know, the Tar Heels have all kinds of problems. Most of them have nothing to do with Armando Baycott. <laughs> like yeah. he, he, he has done infinitely more well than he has done poorly. But, uh, uh, so you could justify a vote for Baycott as you could have justified a vote for him last year when Alondis Williams of Wake Forest got player of the year, but then ended up in the NIT. Uh, so it's a tricky year, man. It's a weird year team-wise. The ACC probably won't have a top three seed in the NCAA tournament. Wow. That, that almost never happens. Um, and it's a weird year individually because, man – I, you could justify the player of the year award for at least three guys and maybe more. I'll make Brian happy when I say this, and I, I, I generally mean it, but the national media and everybody in college basketball, when when it's not Duke and Carolina 1-2 and Virginia will throw them in there three with that are really good and dominate the ACC and then they battle it out amongst themselves – Everybody says that the ACC is down. We saw it last year in the NCAA tournament. I think you're going to see whatever teams for the ACC get in make some noise against these other conferences because I just don't believe they're down. I just think there's more parity now. Well, here's the fascinating element. Um, Two years ago, the ACC had a really bad regular season and then had – Seriously, their worst NCAA tournament since the 1970s. You know, they, they had, I think they got seven teams in, but their collective record two years ago was four wins and seven losses. So lots of early exits. That, that losing record, I think, was the ACC's first collective losing record in the NCAA tournament since the 70s. So that's, that was a disaster. So the negative narrative of two years ago 
bled into the NCAA tournament and kind of proved all the naysayers right. One year ago is where, Jason, your scenario unfolded, where there was, you guys remember, all sorts of negativity about the ACC last regular season. And then the bright lights come on, the bigger stage, some teams got better, some players got better. The Tar Heels found kind of lightning in a bottle. And by the time the Elite Eight was still standing, guess what? And remember, the ACC only got five teams in last year. That was their lowest number as a 15-team league. So since they grew to 15, they had, they had averaged seven or so, and they only got five, which fed the negative narrative even more. And then they turn around, Miami goes to the Elite Eight, both Duke and Carolina go to the Final Four, and the Tar Heels are playing in the national championship game. So the ACC two years ago lived down to their questioners. One year ago, you know, embarrassed their critics. And now that, that leaves this year. Do you believe that what happened over these last four months is more like two years ago, in which case we should expect another face plant for the ACC in the NCAA tournament? Or do you believe it's more like last year? <clears throat> and I see enough teams trending up. Miami is really good. Duke has been getting better. Uh, I think Pitt and State will make the tournament and will be dangerous. Virginia, unfortunately, has been trending down. Um, so we'll see if the Cavs can turn it around here late. But uh, I, I, I think it'll be more like last year. But, I, you know, there were a lot of people who thought that two years ago. And the ACC's negativity just went from, from basically the start line to the finish line. Um, and obviously, everybody around here is hoping that's not the case this time. Well, I can't believe I've gone this long and we're what, uh, David, uh, 23 minutes into the interview and I'm going to finally bring it up. We, there's been a lot of heartburn, a lot of hurt feelings amongst all our uh, Carolina fans here in Kenston, Lenore County and Eastern North Carolina. We had you on, on February 2nd. Uh, we were honored to have you on. They were coming off the Pittsburgh loss, uh, going into, uh, the game at Duke. They are four and five since the last time we had you on and folks yep. that, listen to that show i mean you, you know you you weren't real high on them then would kind of uh give them the the the, the uh uh state guess, of the union yeah the, the state of the union that's a good way to put it of where do you see carolina i mean they did have that impressive uh three game winning streak where they won at notre dame they beat like you said uh a, a, a no who was number six in the nation at the time virginia and then beat florida state but then uh they see that three-game winning streak snapped uh, this past Saturday uh, versus Duke. I guess I'm going to quit blithering here, David. Where <laughs> where is Carolina right now going into this uh, going into the ACC tournament on Wednesday for them? The, the Tar Heels are still searching for their offensive game, and that's a very dangerous place to be in early March because uh, even though last year they showed that you could turn your season around in magical fashion, even in the latter half of February. Remember mid-February one oh, year yeah. ago, the Tar Heels were on the wrong side of the bubble. And then all of a sudden, of course, they, they found themselves and became famous. Early March is a lot later than mid-February. I know it's only three weeks on the calendar, man, but holy cow, it's a lot different. And here's the bottom line. You know, you guys are um, somewhat... Brian, you're right around my age. Jason's a little bit younger, but you've both seen most of the basketball that I have seen. It, whether you love the Tar Heels, hate the Tar Heels, or fall somewhere in between, 
any of us could sort of close our eyes and think about what does Carolina offensive basketball look like? Meaning under Dean Smith, maybe not at the beginning, but after the shot clock and the three-point shot and all that stuff. Under Roy Williams, under uh, Bill Guthridge, under Hubert Davis. One thing it would involve is a lot of fast break, right? You've got some point guard pushing the pace, making the heels one of the biggest up-tempo teams in the ACC or even the country. That's not part of this year's team. They're they're not one of the fastest-tempo teams in the ACC. Um, what else would you have? Lots of kind of high-flying dunks off of that fast break. Uh, maybe some steals creating open-court opportunities, you know, for Vince Carter back in the day or whoever more recently to just get those easy buckets. The Heels do not get those easy buckets very often off that defense or on that fast break. What else have you seen over the years? Lots of really good three-point shooting. Guess what? The worst three-point shooting team in ACC games this year, the worst, 15th out of 15, is the North Carolina Tar Heels at 30%. Keep in mind, a team like Miami is at almost 40% from three-point land in in conference play. That's not a slight difference. If you're shooting 30 and some of your opponents are close to 40, that is night and day hard to overcome, that difference. And, you know, everybody is right when they say the offense should try to go through Baycott, and they usually do. But defenses know that, too. And when, you know, Leaky Black misses all those shots against Duke, teams are going to keep daring Leaky Black to shoot. And when uh, Caleb Love, who I believe is one of the most volatile, erratic, hard to predict, uh, and not always very smart basketball players, key players in Carolina history, you know, there's good Caleb and there's bad Caleb. Um, He was invisible against Duke. He still takes, as a junior, really, really, really unwise shots. Everybody is a better three-point shooter when they catch the ball, catch the ball, set their feet, square their sh- uh, shoulders, and get to shoot in rhythm. Everybody is a lesser three-point shooter when they're off the dribble, off balance, have a defender in their grill. I mean, you know, Steph Curry is the greatest shooter of all time. He'll tell you the same things I'm telling you right now. It's not rocket science. Caleb still hasn't figured most of that out, and he's at the end of his junior year. That's extremely unusual. Not unusual to see in a freshman. Very unusual to see in a college junior. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of elements to why the Carolina offense has really become a debacle, to be honest. They just don't have a lot of confidence in a lot of things. And that's a hard way to win. The Heels are actually playing pretty good defense. I think after teams like Virginia and Clemson, Carolina was as good as anybody in the ACC defensively this year. That's a winning basketball formula if you're at least, you know, an average Carolina offense, but they're not that. And, man, it's, you know, it's like pieces of the puzzle fitting together. You can draw things up, but the chemistry between R.J. Davis and Caleb Love has never been great. Um, the, the shot selection, are you supposed to take this shot or are you not supposed to take this shot? I don't think Leaky Black or Caleb Love or Pete Nance is very good at answering that question. Uh, and, you know, some of that reflects coaching. You know, I believe this, this personnel is complicated personnel and would be for any coach. Remember, Roy Williams retired in part because he could not he, – he felt in his own opinion that he could not reach – some of his, some of these Carolina players two years ago. 
Wow. That was part of the reason the guy retired. So, yes, part of it is this, this unique set of Carolina personnel. But, of course, Hubert Davis has to take some of the blame as well. It's his job to teach shot selection. It's his job to have his team playing better uh, toward the end of the season rather than just kind of regressing offensively over this last month or so. Um, a lot of ways you can slice that pie, but you know the, the heels have to figure things out offensively, and they're running out of time to figure things out offensively. Absolutely. That voice you listen to is David Glenn. He is our big interview here today on the Brian Hank Show. As always, the big interview is brought to you by UNC Lenore Healthcare. Uh, with a medical staff of more than 100 physicians, UNC Lenore Healthcare offers a range of specialty services and technology you would only expect to find in hospitals in larger cities. Visit UNC Lenore Healthcare at 100 Airport Road right here in Kinston for all your healthcare needs or call them at 252-522-7000. You can also email them at info at Lenore.org or visit their comprehensive website at unclenore.org. And again, thank you so much to Beverly Jenkins, all the folks over at UNC Lenore Healthcare for being the exclusive sponsor of the big interview. Let's get right back to our big interview. It's the great David Glenn joining us this morning here on the Brian Hanks Show. All right, Dave, it's hard to believe we're running out of time here, but I, I got kind of a two-part question um, right. to ask you. And what I see with Carolina, when they when they come down the floor and the ball crosses the timeline, I can tell you within the first five seconds of the possession who's going to take the shot. And if, a, if, I, if I'm just a dumb radio salesman, I can see that. I know <laughs> college basketball coaches can see that. If, if, if it goes to Baycott early, he's going to – He's not going to kick it out. He's going to try to score. So just talk about the predictability of that. And then, is Hubert Davis going to make it through this? He'll, he'll make it through this season, yes. Remember, he was the national coach of the year. Obviously, there's a lot of those, so he didn't win every single one of them. But you're not going to fire the national coach of the year one season after he took an extremely complicated situation and turned the Tar Heels into a couple possessions away from a national championship. Um, so both of these things are on his resume. You guys have heard me use on my own show the phrase body of work, mm-hmm. you know, probably so often that you got tired of hearing it. But I do think most athletic directors and university presidents are body of work people. So if the last thing you did was not very good, that matters. That's now on your resume. If, and guys, you, you, you probably have talked about this, and maybe we did a month or so ago, but in the history of the Associated Press poll, the preseason number one team has never had as poor a season as this year's Tar Heels, who, of course, were preseason number one in the AP poll. That's not an exaggeration. That's not my opinion. That's not subjective. Since Actually, since they changed the rules about, you know, they, they lifted the teams per conference that are allowed to make the NCAA tournament. They stopped those rules at the end of the 1970s. Since they, since they stopped those rules, every preseason number one has made the NCAA tournament. Every one. That's over more than four decades. And actually, there was only one out of those 40-plus teams that was even a bubble team. And that Kentucky team did make it, barely, and ended up making a run to the NCAA title game that year. So if the heels fall short of the NCAA tournament, it is the worst performance, the worst face plant by a preseason number one in history. And again, I'm not trying to rub salt in anybody's wounds. I'm just spitting facts here. That, that's the reality. So both a sensational season 
one of the most remarkable turnarounds in modern ACC history is on Hubert's resume, which is, you know, brownie points galore. It, most coaches would not have been able to lift the team out of that abyss. That's great players, but it's also great coaching. Because you guys know, when things go poorly, fingers can be pointed, guys can lose their confidence, lose their chemistry. Hubert did not allow that to happen last year. And, of course, Brady Manick and Armando Baycott and, and at different times, R.J. Davis, Caleb Love, Leaky Black, et cetera, turned that ship around with Hubert Davis' help. Davis's help. This year, if the Heels don't do something impressive in Greensboro, Hubert Davis will have the most unusual resume in the history of two-year coaches. Right? Like uh, One couldn't barely be much better, and one couldn't barely be much worse. That's just the fact. Uh, but that doesn't mean he would be fired. He would not be fired. I would be the most shocked I've been maybe in 35 years of covering this league if, if there was a coaching change in Chapel Hill. They hired him knowing he was young, knowing he was never a head coach unless you count the, the JV team at Carolina, knowing that he spent a lot of years as a player in the NBA and a lot more years in the broadcast booth. He wasn't learning how to be a coach during those years, uh, although he was certainly soaking a lot of important things up. They, they took a chance on him. And they're going to go through these early growing pains on him. Now, if these same roller coaster issues were in play two years or four years or six years down the road, that changes the formula. But but Hubert's, however this season ends, uh, Hubert should be fine at Chapel Hill. Well, and I'm going to ask you the question. I'm going to ask you to look into your David Glenn crystal ball and with uh, Carolina playing Wednesday in the ACC tournament. Where do you what do you see? What do you predict here, DG? I mean, what what's Carolina going to do this week? I mean, kind of like what you said earlier. I got to admit, I wouldn't be shocked if they won Wednesday, if they beat Virginia again on Thursday in the quarterfinals, and then made it all the way to the uh, ACC championship game. But I wouldn't be shocked if they lost Wednesday night in the in uh, in their first round game. But I'm going to ask you your opinion. I know this is a question, and I hope I'm the first person to ask you this this week. But I know you're going to be asked <laughs> probably 25 or 30 other times. DG, what do you see uh, Carolina doing this week in the ACC tournament? I actually think the bracket sets up pretty well for the Tar Heels. You know, the BC Louisville winner. BC has been playing better lately, but I think the Tar Heels would win that. Uh, we just saw Carolina against UVA, and as I mentioned, the Cavaliers have been trending downward. They have offensive problems of their own. Uh, I, I like the Tar Heels to win that Thursday quarterfinal matchup. <sighs> that that would leave a that would leave a <laughs> Friday semifinal game against either Clemson or NC State, or if somehow Virginia Tech made a run, um, I think the Heels would have a good chance of winning that one. Um, I, th- I actually think if they made it to the championship game. It's so hard to tell because there's so many other moving parts and variables. Uh, I think if they made it to the ACC title game, they would not be left out of the NCAA tournament, even if they lost the title game. Uh, but that's just kind of – that's pretty high-level speculation. Um, and, of course, you got to win those games. <laughs> that, that requires three victories for the Tar Heels. I know they can do it. Betting on this team to follow through on something that you know they can do has proved to be a dangerous proposition this season. Uh, but if you're asking me right now, I would, I would take Miami to win the ACC tournament. But I would probably pick, and I haven't filled out my bracket yet. I'm driving to Greensboro uh, maybe Wednesday morning. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's, if it's Miami against Carolina in the ACC title game on Saturday. There you go. Uh, listen, 
Thank you so much. Jason has one more question for you, yeah. and uh, I think you're going to like it. David, uh, <laughs> you know, if we speak it into existence, things never die. So this is going to become a thing whenever you come on the show, so be prepared. <laughs> but I need to know that phone number in your voice one more time. Oh, that's funny. Uh, 1-800-849-2761. 1-800-849-2761. Yeah, and that's look, funny, man. And look, since – since Hanks didn't get me um, credentialed and I, I signed his check, um, if for some reason Duke makes it to the final, can you help? Can you help a brother out this weekend? <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding, man. I, I could meet you on the concourse and put my uh, my media credential around your neck, and and you would just have to you'd pretend to be me, I guess. If, if questioned by anybody, uh, oh, that's, a big, that's not that's some big shoes to fill. Yeah, I'm not no interested joke. in doing that. You know, because I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure I'd get in trouble for that. So. Yeah, you go. And I guarantee you, somebody looks down. They say, "DG," and they're like, uh, "Sir, you're not David Glenn. I know David Glenn, and you're no David Glenn." That's, that's right. funny. That's right. That is that's funny. Right. Hey, listen, oh, David, man. you're always so so freaking generous with your time. Thank you for joining us this morning. I look forward to seeing you this week and shaking your hand uh, in Greensboro. I really do appreciate you coming on this morning. Just, like I said, just how generous you are every time you come on the show, sir. I'm happy to join y'all. I know what it's like to try to build an empire. I love what y'all are doing in, in the eastern part of North Carolina. It's a lot of hard work. We we cover sports, and we get paid to write and talk about sports, and that's a blessing in every way. But there's a lot of hard work. <clears throat> as many shows as I do, I can tell who does their homework, who does their research, who does their show prep, and, and you guys are very impressive in that regard. And that's – I like you, so that's – you know, you're just good guys. <laughs> Thanks, Bo. That's another reason I try to say yes as often as I can and give you as much time as I can. But uh, in addition to just enjoying your company, I, I applaud you guys for uh, for how you do your homework and how you handle your professionalism because there's a lot, a lot out there in today's media world that falls short of that. So uh, I clap my hands even for those I don't like as much if they if they raise the bar uh, in terms of credibility and professionalism. So uh, every visit with y'all is a lot of fun. So uh, happy March Madness to you and your listeners, and I look forward to seeing you, Brian, in uh, Greensboro later this week. Absolutely. I got, I'll leave you with this. My head cannot get any bigger than it is right now. Thank yeah. you, David. I appreciate <laughs> it, okay? Th- thanks, Dave. <laughs> you got it, guys. Have a good one, Brian. Take, Jason, take care. Take care, my friend. That's David Glenn from uh, Chapelboro.com. Paul, here's yeah. a straight pin. Can you yeah, pop, yeah. Can you you're pop this head for us? Dude, I listen. And you're the same way, though, Jason. We yeah, are huge am, fans man. of that man. I mean, listen to that guy for years. For years. I mean, I listened to him for about 10 or 12 years. I mean, yeah. Monday through Friday. Even when I moved to Eastern I was North about Carolina. 10 years I listened there to him. There you go. I mean, I would listen to him online. I mean, so to be able to have him on our show and. And goodness gracious, gracious with his time he's he's never come we could we could have had him till nine probably yeah, if we wanted to he's just always such but a good no, guy paul's here <laughs> I, wanted, <laughs> I wanted to get paul. dude paul showed up outside my window this morning that has never paul, happened in paul, 815 episodes like, oh one minute anyway go again is paul on no i missed it oh, oh there you oh, go i can hear me now yeah. so, oh that's i'm a little creeped there. out because yeah like you snuck up to his window pretty good. <laughs> Are you like a like? Have you done that before? Yeah, it takes a lot of practice. You got to know exactly <laughs> the route to take to avoid any like doorbell cameras or being seen or anything like that. 
Also, got to avoid Molly kind of giving you away and starting yeah. to bark. Well, dude, I got to give you credit, man, because I'm sitting here just chatting with him, blah, blah, blah. In fact, he was talking. I think I was looking down at something, yeah. and I see somebody waving at me outside yeah, my window. And hi, you I'm said, Paul. Hi, I'm Paul. Absolutely. Okay. We've got about uh, 10 minutes or so left here, and, uh, man, I just – I got to tell you, dude, I'm just still buzzing. I just – again, listen, I've had everybody on this show. I really have. We've had – 415 yep. guests through the year or through the three years on this show. Jason Bryant, and I love you, and Paul Whittington, you know I love you too. I think David Glenn's by far my favorite guest. Of course dude. he is, man. He's yeah. he's a legend. He's won Sportscaster of the Year in North Carolina multiple times. Yeah. I think six or seven times, actually. Yeah. I mean, he's just – and just to be – the but cool dude, thing is just to be so as much, generous man. as he is, dude. He I mean, knows just, so much. Yeah. I really want to have him back on um, if you can get him, you know, maybe week two or going into we'll try the NCAA we'll try. tournament but I I just don't want to overdo it we've already had him on twice I this know. season and you know what I'm saying I just but we he, had him on twice man. last year yeah we did anything. so we had him on before the NCAA championship or but NCAA but I mean, his, final four last year his thing is is he mentions the research and his thought process yeah. and you know listen to what he said about that that all freshman team yeah and the all ACC team that's not just thrown together yeah. You know the easy thing the easy thing that so many people in this state, no matter how bad and I'll throw Duke in there, no matter how bad they are, if they got that one player, they're gonna vote for him no matter what yeah. for ACC player of the year. He ain't like that. I love it. He's not gonna it. do it like that. And he does his homework and I mean well, I respect I'm about the hell to make, out of Oh, him. I do too. I do too. I'm about to make you happy. I think Duke's gonna roll he didn't even have Duke in the championship. He said Miami against I'm Carolina okay in they, the championship. I'm okay if they don't. Okay. Um, I've got Duke winning it. I really do. And that's just my – now, I've not gone through (laughs) – well, that was weird. I I look in your your shoe. No, something fell. Oh, okay. (laughs) One of Linda's earrings thing fell in my shoe. (laughs) That's too funny. You smell? No. But I got to tell you, dude, (laughs) well, we've gone weird here. I really think Duke's going to make – I think Duke's going to win. I think it's going to be Miami and Duke. I'm with him, and it breaks my heart to say this. I think – Carolina's going to beat Virginia uh, Wednesday night. I really do. I think it's going to be, and I think State is going to beat Clemson. So I've got Miami Duke in one semifinal, and then I've got uh, Carolina and State in the other semifinal. Oh, God. I know. I know, right? And then I've got Duke taking on probably Carolina, as much as it hurts my heart to say it. Duke and Carolina for the freaking ACC championship. And, uh, dude, that just. It's not going to happen. You don't think so? Well, that's who I have. I have to. Well, before we get to you, let's hit uh, Paula. Who do you have uh, winning the ACC title? Mm. Chase Elliott. <laughs> he's, Dude, he's out. that's awesome. He's that's awesome. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Chase, that's the perfect here, answer. Like, I'm going to go. Scott was here, he said Bubba, Bubba Wallace. Yep. I'm going to go NC State. You got State winning the ACC championship. Sure, why not? Greg Clements is probably going to send you a bouquet of flowers, okay? That works. There you go. I'm or just tell him to send Somebody, you cash, uh, right? We, we got a uh, edible arrangement in the mail the other day. Do you know who it was from? Yeah, it was uh, from, from our neighbors. We tried to help them catch some criminals. Somebody <laughs> uh, somebody um, in the middle of the night, like 4 in the morning, uh, went into their yard and stole like $6,000 worth of generators. What? And, and our doorbell camera captured the uh the getaway my truck was kind of blocking the footage but you could at least make out like the the color and type of vehicle so we turned that 
What all was in the edible arrangement? I love edible arrangements. Uh, it's just a bunch of fruit. Yeah. <laughs> this, well, what uh, kind of fruit? Though, um, I mean? There was pineapples, uh, oh, mangoes, yeah. um, cantaloupe, uh, honeydew. You know, mangoes a natural aphrodisiac, right? <laughs> okay. Did you not see Seinfeld that episode? Yeah, where, I, yeah, yeah. It was it was kind of funny. The um, I was on my way home, and uh, the phone rings, and it was just a random nine one nine number out of Raleigh, so I answered it, and. Uh, the guy's like, yeah, this is so-and-so with edible arrangements. Um, I've I've rang the doorbell, but nobody's coming to the door. I was like, well, yeah, that's because we're not home. And he's like, well, I mean, I have this delivery for you. Okay, great. If I was expecting it, I would have been there. Yeah. Just As I'm on the way home, just leave it right there. And he's like, okay, thanks for your permission. I'll leave it. But it's it's cold to hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I have, No one's ever given me. I've eaten other yeah. people's edible arrangements. but mm-hmm. so uh, We got one Jason, at work. Wanna- uh, we got one at work a few weeks ago. Oh, there were strawberries in it, too, uh, oh, that yeah. a lot of the fruit was dipped in chocolate. Wow. Hey, Jason, you ever want to get to my heart, man? All you got to do is send me a, an edible arrangement. Okay? Hey, that might be cheaper for the uh, for the station, Jason. <laughs> he, <laughs> just, he just gave you permission. Yeah. Hey, wait a minute. No, no, no. I'd like to be paid, but, yeah, if you want to get to my heart. We didn't get you. Who do you uh, – he said state. I said Duke. Who do man, you I have really one in the ACC Miami. Really? Miami. I, I expect Pitt to come – Knowing Jeff Capel mm-hmm. and his background, I expect them to have a little bit of fire. I think if Carolina gets to them, I think they're going to go ahead and end Carolina. And I think Pitt will make a run. Um, that's not by accident that they hovered around the top of the ACC all year. Dude, they missed one shot on Saturday. They hit that shot. They're the number one seed, that's, not the number five seed. How crazy is that? That's what I'm saying. So it, it it's just a little bit of bad luck, but – don't expect them to lay down and just go away. Yeah. Because, unfortunately, they're playing for an NCAA tournament bid as well because yeah. I don't know that they're solidly in. So, they got – I mean, I think I think they have a sense of urgency about him. I know Jeff Cable, Jason, and I expect them to – and there's a lot there. Wow. Between Jason so, Cable so and Carolina. your your yeah. champion is? Miami. Miami. There you go. So – I got Duke, uh, Whittington's got over here has got a uh, state and you've got Miami and I, you know, we didn't have time. We ran out of time, but just no talk about, I'm talking to both of you and both of you are on your phone. I'm sorry, right man. Now. Business. Oh, okay. It's all good. But nobody picked Virginia. Even me. I think Virginia's going to get bounced, uh, Thursday night. It just breaks my heart. But anyway, uh, you have a big event taking place this weekend, uh, Jason Bryant. And I definitely, we talked about it at the beginning of the hour for folks who may have joined us halfway or part of the way through, uh, David Glenn's appearance. Tell us about this, uh, big event that's happening this third weekend. annual St. Jude, uh, WRNS golf classic benefiting, benefiting the children and the families of St. Jude's cancer research hospital in uh, Memphis, Tennessee and Dick broadcasting as partners with them. Um, WRNS will be doing a radiothon Thursday and Friday. Um, please give if, if, if you have the means to do so. You can do that starting on Thursday. And my golf tournament finishes the week off on Friday with uh, 56 two-man teams, 112 golfers. Were we um, sure about that math? Paul. 56 times two. 112. Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, okay. The, Sorry, didn't mean uh, to go. 34 sponsors. We've raised a ton of money. We're going to write a, a big old check to them on saturday afternoon and we're just gonna have a good time i haven't even checked the weather yet god should i i don't even I've know been, I i've been like purposely not oh i've been mad it's paul i'm saying so paul used to live on the west side of raleigh what does this fact, have not to do with the weather 
<laughs> well, because it snowed one time. I don't know. Anyway. Because I, because I want to I I complain a-, a little bit here, dude. He used to live, dude, I'm serious, just right off 40. It was a 40-minute trip. It wasn't even Raleigh. It was West. What was it? Morrisboro? Or, uh, or, no, it was it was the Briar Creek area in Morrisville, technically. Yeah. Dude, you just jump right on 40, 40 minutes later, you're at the Greensboro Coliseum. Now you had to buy this big $800,000 house in there, Garner. There's, and- there's an important thing here that we have to acknowledge, okay? <laughs> Brian stayed at my house one time <laughs> for, for the there. ACC tournament. Oh, yeah. Brian stayed at my house one time for the ACC tournament. It was in 2020. He drove 40 minutes. Did a U-turn in the parking lot and came back because well, actually the tournament I went got canceled. My brother's up in right. uh, COVID. Yeah. Virginia. Yeah, that was that day of COVID. Yeah, mm-hmm. that. Uh, oh, I carried him to your house yeah. one night after yes, the South did. Granville North Carolina playoff. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Oh, it's not that far. Just <laughs> it wasn't that far. It's North Raleigh. <laughs> it's out by the airport. Yeah. Yeah, or West Raleigh, I guess. And Whatever. It, Northwest Raleigh. And, and it was foggy that night. It was awful. Me and Coach Smith. <laughs> I was like, Dude. let's just drive to Chapel Hill and drop Brian off. I really, I do appreciate it. Thank you. I do appreciate that several but years ago. If it doesn't benefit Brian, you live in the wrong place. There you go. <laughs> right. You know what? It's the Brian Hanks show. It's all about Brian. Okay. I told him. No, I, it's all about LCC. I, I told yeah. him that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I told him that. Um, Sam's parents live in Reedsville, just outside of Greensboro. It's like a but they won't make drive. me breakfast. Though. That was his one. The first question he asked: "Will Sam's mom make me breakfast?" <laughs> no. Say like, okay. I'll just I'll just pay all the money for the hotel. Yeah. So I'm getting a hotel. So, dude, if you could find Don't me a sponsor that'll points? help me, I do. But just for like only two days or for one day, because dude, everybody pups up their. That's right. I'm having to stay in Burlington. I'm not even staying in Greensboro. It's like the cheapest hotel. Well, see, and I got to stay with a. Hilton property or, you know, Hampton. Well, do because Horses. I'm part of their plan, you know. and Poor planning <laughs> on your part does not constitute an emergency on my part. There you go. Well, dude, dude, you think we can get a sponsor to help offset some of my uh, uh, hotel costs? I'll tell you what. Call Keith Spence. I'm sure he'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, we're wrapping up the show here. Don't forget, this Friday, if it's Saturday. too late, or oh, the tournament Saturday. Saturday. Oh, my bad. My Saturday bad, my the bad. 11th. Saturday, but if anybody wants to play, it's, it's full, too late man. now, right? Yep. yep. We got to get it going. Um, so if you want to give, year. though, give during the Radiothon. They'll be doing it all day. Friday and Thursday and Thursday Friday. and Friday. Yep. That's awesome. Just listen to WRNS. Or, For what it's worth, I the mean, weather's looking decent. 50 on the golf course is not decent, Paul. Well, it's not raining. Hey, that's <laughs> yeah, better than rain. Chance of rain. Well, 59. That's only one from 60. Yeah. Wow. Look at that quality North Fire education over today. there. <laughs> you are on fire with your math today. That's for sure. Uh, anything you want me to bring you back from Greensboro? A Duke ACC championship. <laughs> Look, man. That's who I, I, dude, I think this, they're going like, to win. I really do. Like, it's different for – or my mindset this year has been different. I'm sure everybody at Duke and within their circle, their national championship or bust because that's what Duke mm-hmm. is. But – Man, I'm okay. Like, ACC championship means something. It always has to me. I'm okay if we win the national cha- – or the, the ACC championship. I think it would be great for John Shire in, in, in year one, something to hang his hat on and build because a couple of these freshmen are going to leave, but I think most of these guys are going to hang around. It would be fun next year. I think it is going to. And, again, there's no hotter team in the ACC right now 
than Duke University, as much just, as it hurts my heart to say just that. Just don't let Scott Pignam to win the ACC tournament because it's like a kiss of death if he does that. Oh, now it, <laughs> you know he's already picked If him. we had more time and we've only got like a minute left, I would have. If we, if you'd have said that five minutes ago, we would have called Scott and got his pick here on. Oh, no, but I don't want to hear it publicly. <laughs> I want him to keep it to himself. Some things he's got to keep to himself yeah. sometimes. Yeah, there you go. I got to tell you, young man grew up, though. Uh, we He worked up in the press box with me yesterday at ECU. Yeah. Did a great job. Ran the scoreboard for the Clark LeClaire Classic. How, 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 oh, what does how this awesome button do? <laughs> no, he was good. He was very good. So, listen, thank you to Paul Whittington as he walks away from us right now. He's waving at me. Uh, thank you, Jason, of Absolutely, course. Absolutely, Thank you to the – give you a chance one more. David Glenn, the great David Glenn. He's kind of got me pumped up. I'm trying to figure out how to – get this off of AM and onto an FM station. Dude, I agree with that. Listen, uh, tomorrow's show, we will have uh, Richard Clark in the first hour. We're going to have Chris Suggs in the second hour with us, along with Tuesdays with Trez, with Don Trez. Have a great Monday. We'll see you tomorrow on the Brian Hanks Show, presented by Lenore Community College.